Turning your Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 1. Ashley talked about Matthew chapter 1 last week with hope, and we're going to continue right along in Mark chapter 1 today talking about peace. And you know, to start this off, I want to ask you, I want to ask you an either or. Okay, so we've got some of us in the room. If you're watching online, I want you to type it in the chat. Okay, are you a planner or just a go with the flower? All right, planner or go with the flower? All right, that's a thing, go with the flower. I was going to say just a goer, but that doesn't, that, I, don't, I don't feel like that does it justice. Go with the flow, right? Go with the flow. Um, so are you a planner or are you a go with the flow type of person? So how many planners are in the room? Okay, planners, I see those hands, I see those hands, planners. I think we're all a planner in some things, all right, but that's a conversation for a whole other time. How many of you just love going with the flow? It's awesome if you don't have to plan a thing and you just want to go with the flow. All right, online, I hope you're typing it in the chat. I want to look at the comments in between services. I want to see my planners out there and I want to see my go with the flowers, okay? Here's the deal. I am... For the most part, I go with the flower. Okay, I, I don't mind going with the flow. I, I, I think I think I am at least. My family over here might disagree with that and have some different opinions. We didn't talk about this beforehand. I probably should have run this by them, especially with three of the more um, uh, honest, keep me honest type of folks in my family right here. Um, but I think I'm I think I'm pretty go with the flow. I think I'm pretty go with the flow. When you got four kids, there's not much you can plan, okay? But uh, I think I'm pretty go with the flow. But when it comes to trips, especially like mission trips and things like that, I love to be in charge. I love to plan it. I like to be in control. And let me tell you why, okay? When you go on a mission trip, especially if you haven't, if you haven't been there to check it out before, which I highly recommend doing if, you, if you're able to and you get the opportunity to, but some trips you just can't, you can't plan ahead. You can't go down, you can't scout it out, you can't figure this out, you can't figure that out. And so if you're on a trip and you happen to see an ice cream place, right, if you're, the, if you're in charge, if you're the planner, you can shift the plan and turn right into the ice cream place. I'll never forget, we took a mission trip down to North Carolina a few years ago, and we had a plan for breakfast, and I knew that just down the road, there was a Krispy Kreme Donuts. And so I shifted the plan and decided, now we're going to have Krispy Kreme Donuts this morning. And so me and I think Micah got up real early, and we went down and we got like 12 dozen donuts for five people. No, I'm just kidding. We had more than five people, <laughs> but, but we, we got a bunch of dozen donuts. They were hot and ready, um, and uh, man, they were good, um, but, uh, but, we, but we, we went, and we got that. We, you can shift the plan, but I'll never forget a few years ago taking my first trip with Johnny and friends down to Dominican Republic to where I didn't plan a thing for the trip. My job, and Dale's going to laugh at this this morning, but my job was to serve on this mission trip as a mechanic, turning wrenches and fixing wheelchairs, okay? I can't do it on any car, or especially a plow, <laughs> which is why I had Dale's help yesterday, but I, can, um, but I can fix a wheelchair, 
man, I can fix a wheelchair. You should see me with a wheelchair. I can change the oil on a wheelchair uh, because you don't have to change the oil on a wheelchair. And so that's why I can do that. Um, and so I can fix a wheelchair. And so this was my first trip down to the Dominican Republic, though, um, working on wheelchairs. And, and I was a little nervous. I'll be honest with you, I was a little nervous. And you know what calms my nerves really well? Ice cream. And so we were the night before our first day of serving. And um, anybody else, ice cream just calms your nerves. Anybody? Okay, yes. I know it does for Dale. I know. Uh, amen. Amen. Okay. And uh, we've lost Bree. She, she's, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but, but it was the night before our first night of serving, first night of working on, first day of working on wheelchairs. And my roommate and I, had gotten pretty smart with the geography around the hotel where we were staying and realized that the place that we were sitting eating dinner was about two blocks from a Baskin Robbins in the Dominican Republic, Santo Domingo, Dominican Republic. And so we thought, you know what? Good team building opportunity. He's a leader in, in his line of work down in North Carolina. And, you know, I'm, I'm a pastor. And so we just thought, you know what? Good team building opportunity the night before we start serving. Let's, let's try to encourage our group leader to go get Baskin Robbins on our way back to the hotel. So we go up to the team leader and we're like, hey, there's a Baskin Robbins just two blocks away. We feel like the Lord has led us to come to you and, and encourage you that this would be a good idea for the team. You know what she said? Absolutely not. We've got to get right back to the hotel and get everybody to bed and uh, get ready for the first day of serving tomorrow. Now I wish that I could tell you upon hearing that information that my response was, you know what, That's, that, you're right. That's a great idea. You're smart. I'm going to be submissive to my leadership and we're going to go back to the hotel and we're just going to pray together maybe and just sing some worship songs and get our hearts ready for, for serving tomorrow. But you know what I did? Man, I pouted. Jen, I pouted for the rest of the night. Lois, I pouted into the next morning. And I just was like, man, are you kidding me? Like, we're these grown people on this mission trip, and we can't go two blocks down the road and get ice cream? That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Now, i got to be careful, because the team leader and my roommate might be watching this, because they tune in from time to time. And I just want you both to know that I love you dearly, and I get it now. And, and hang tight. Because about halfway through the day of that first day of serving, I'm working on like my third wheelchair, turning wrenches, and I realized, man, this is so awesome. This is so restful. And you know why? Because all I had to do was turn the wrenches. I didn't have to worry about the next patients. I didn't have to worry about what we were eating for lunch. I didn't have to worry about I didn't have to worry about any of the conflicts with the wheelchairs. I didn't have to worry about any of the, of the screaming people in the room next door necessarily, except just being a support for the people that were having to deal with that. I, I didn't have to worry with the itinerary. I didn't have to worry with when I was going to eat, where I was going to eat. And so it was like God just kind of leaned down and knocked on the door of my heart and was like, hey, pal, guess what? You don't have to be in charge all the time.
enjoy, dot, dot, dot. And you know what I did the rest of the time? I enjoyed. And you know what we got that first night after we served? Baskin Robbins. Isn't that awesome? Now, now, so let me let me bring let me bring this let me bring this back to what that has to do with our passage today, what that has to do with peace today. Peace is not found in the absence of trouble. It's found in the presence of Jesus. Peace is not found in in being in control all the time. Although I think we'd like to say a lot of us, if we were pressed a little bit, peace for us is knowing what's coming every moment of the day. If you're a planner, if you're if you're type A, if you like to be in control, peace for you is knowing everything's in control. And if that's you, you've had a really tough year this year because you haven't been able to plan. You have no idea what's coming next. And it's been really hard. And I think that's what makes one of the hardest things about Advent this year. It's because, you know, Advent's talking all about how Jesus brought hope. Jesus brought peace. Jesus brought joy. Jesus was love. And what are the four things, if I I had to say what are the four things that people are struggling with these days as I talk to people, as I'm doing life with people, as people come and sit in my office and, and bear it all or call me and say, hey, we need to have lunch together. They're struggling with hope. They're struggling with their joy. They're struggling with peace right now in the midst of chaos. And they're really asking themselves, how do I love people? And how do I experience love? How do I love people? And how do I experience love? And so I want to jump into peace from there and just say this. I experienced peace on that trip. And I think I went two or three more times after that to the same trip. And it became a trip that I look forward to every year. You know why? Because I didn't have to. I just went, got in the van when they told me to get in the van, came back 15 minutes after they told me to come back, because you got to keep the leader guessing from time to time. You know, that's a ministry, right? But it became so filling for me to go and just be. And what I want to submit to you this morning is that God's designed for peace. That God's designed for peace is that when it comes to our relationship with Him, that we would just be. That we would just be. Doesn't mean you don't plan. Doesn't mean you don't have your finances figured out to a T. It doesn't mean that you don't have your 2021 calendar all figured out and if something changes, you know, (laughs) there's a five minute just freak out moment right? But I believe God's design for peace for us is that we would just be with Him. And we see that in what we just sang about, God with us. Now look at Mark, eight, Mark chapter 1. I almost said Mark 8. Look at Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 1. 
the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. Now again, one of the things, time out real quick. This is obviously quoting back to Isaiah, right? Mark is quoting back to Isaiah it's, um, where, where, where the coming of Jesus was predicted. The coming of John, the one that would prepare the way, was predicted. And, and one of the things that, 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 that strikes me so much is that the whole Old Testament right, was, was looking for a sacrifice worthy for the penalty of sin, and they couldn't find it. And then Jesus, the entire Old Testament, now get this, and this is what ought to excite us about Advent, the entire Old Testament was searching for this season that we celebrate, the coming of Jesus, and many didn't get to experience it this side of heaven. And so he, he, he quotes Isaiah here, and then in verse 4, John appeared, baptizing in the wilderness, and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Mark here gets to the point. I mean, we see in, in two of the Gospels, Matthew and Luke, they're a little bit more descriptive with the birth story. Mark and John aren't. In fact, you know, we've talked about it a few times. John just really gets right to the point. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and that's pretty much it. All right? Jesus came. And, and so Mark gets to the point. Jesus came to fulfill the prophecy, and he came to offer salvation. So we're going to get after this. Jesus is the fulfillment. He is the sacrifice that the Old Testament was searching for. We don't need to spend a ton of time talking about how it happened, but the reason that Mark gets right to it is because he didn't want to spend a ton of time talking about how it happened. He wanted to talk about why it happened, because the why is so much more impactful than the how. In fact, Jesus, in the upper room, when he's talking with his disciples, and they're having the Last Supper, he says, listen, as often as you do this, as often as you celebrate and remember my death, do it in remembrance of me. He never did anything like that with his birth. He never said, remember my birth. And it's important to us, not in the how, not in the manger, as Dylan talked about last week before they sang Heart the Herald Angels Sing, I loved it, not in the beautiful manger that we like to, that we like to you know, uh, uh, um, uh, dress up and, and pretty a little bit in a way and, 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 and all of that, not in, not in that, it's not in the how, the beauty of Christmas is in the why. That Jesus came to be the fulfillment of the prophecy and to offer repentance for sins, to be the sacrifice. So why did it happen? 
Why those two things? Very simply, so that we could, one word, belong. So that we could belong. So that we could have life in His name. So that we could experience family. So that we could experience hope and peace and joy and love. So that we could experience all of these things, but essentially so that we could belong. Now, here's where we've got to, here's where we've got to strip it down and get real. There is peace, Ken Jones. There is peace in belonging. Isn't there? There's peace in belonging. I belong to my family, right? Love my family. One of the things I love about family gatherings is just having the family in the room. You know, it's the group of people. Um, Bria looked at me on Friday. We were, we were out doing a, a little bit of shopping and and she looked at me when we left Target and she lost me for about a half hour because I met a former pastor and his wife and we started talking about church and ministry and all of that. And we were, we were eight feet apart in the Magnolia Home Department in Target, so we were good. Um, but uh, I had, anyway, and so Bria, Bria came back to me and she's like, I just figured you were talking because you talk a lot. But you know what? When I'm with people that I belong with, like Thanksgiving, stuff like that, I don't have to talk. It's awesome. Like, I can just be. I can just, I don't have to keep the conversation going. I don't have to tell the three dad corn, corny jokes that I tell all the time to try to keep, the, you know, I don't, ha I don't have to, Shannon. Like, I, I just belong, right? I'm just part of the group. I'm, I'm there, and, 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 and I just belong, and there's something freeing about that. There's something peaceful about that just being able to sit and then and then having your relatives and your family members keep you humble and pick on you till no end right it just it's just it's there's peace in that there's fun in that right and and and, and nothing screams belonging more than being able to do that than being able to as the old saying goes let your hair down right there's peace in belonging. And I would submit to you that that's why we try so hard to fit into the places, whatever group that we're trying to fit into, whether it is a new family, whether it is a job, whether it is a gym or friends or church or hobby, you, you fill in the blank, right? We try so hard to fit in to these different places where whatever it may be, because there's peace and belonging. And we can't find the peace that we think we're supposed to find when we don't belong. We have this picture of peace and belonging that we're trying to look for. And let me tell you something. If that picture has come from a movie, especially a Hallmark movie or a Lifetime movie, it's probably not realistic. Okay? I mean, let's just get that, let's just get that out there. Okay, because a lot of us have this picture of peace in our minds, and it has to do with belonging. And when that doesn't get accomplished, right, we feel like a failure. We feel like, oh man, I've got to try harder. I've got to do this. I've got to be this. I've got to do that. Believe it or not, I think I've told this story a few times, but it's been a while. 
I learned this in fifth grade. Might have been fourth grade. Fourth or fifth grade, I learned this. First time, first time for everything. And just imagine this, and for some of you it may take some real imagining. But it was fourth or fifth grade, and I went to school. And I didn't have the type of jacket that my friends thought I should have. Anybody remember the old starter jackets that were really cool back in the day? Okay, I'm seeing those hands, I'm seeing those head nods, amen, amen. Well, I didn't have one of those. And so you know what that meant to my group of friends? That I wasn't cool. And you know what they do to a kid that's not cool and doesn't have a starter jacket? They stuff him in a locker. And so fourth or fifth grade, believe it or not, I was small enough, maybe not, but either way, it didn't matter to my friends to get stuffed into a locker in gym class because I didn't have a starter jacket. I didn't belong. And I went home that day. I went home that day emotional, upset, because I didn't fit in with my group of friends because I didn't have the right jacket. We try so hard to fit in. We try so hard to belong. And when we can't do that when those things don't happen we don't experience the peace that we think we're supposed to have but you know the truth that just hit me upside the head as I listened to Ashley talk last Sunday about hope here's the truth about belonging we don't even know where we fit anymore and here's more good news for you Here's more truth about belonging. We aren't supposed to. Let me tell you what I mean. Hebrews 11, 13 through 16. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised. Now, we talked about Old Testament. We talked about them searching for the sacrifice, right? Searching for the sacrifice worthy enough to, to forgive sins. They were, they were everything. All the Old Testament is pointing to Jesus. And in Hebrews 11, we see the hall of faith. We see the hall of faith. Two summers ago, we had a group preach all through Hebrews 11 and talk about every story. Go back and look at the archives. It's awesome. Great series. These all died in faith, though. The whole hall of faith. Hebrews 11, not having received the things promised. What was the things promised? Jesus, peace, hope, joy. But having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Underline that, star that. Strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they're seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had the opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country. That is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared for them a city. You know what that tells me right there, church? that we aren't meant to belong here. Like if things feel weird, if things feel like we don't fit in, if things feel like 2020, guess what? We're right where we're supposed to be. Like maybe, 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 if I could push just a little bit because I feel like I've been pushed with this this week by God, if I could push just a little bit, 
maybe the way 2020 has made us feel about belonging and, and confusion and awkwardness and all of that, right? That is this side of heaven. That is earthly. That is temporary. And guess what? Scripture literally says we are strangers and exiles to that. We're not meant to be comfortable here. We're not meant to. First Peter takes it a step further. Peter says in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And here it is, verse 11. But I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Peter literally says aliens as sojourners, aliens and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. You know what Peter's saying and the writer of Hebrews is saying? You're not meant to fit in here. I'm not saying the church. I'm saying, I'm saying this side of heaven. Like the church ought to be the place where we, hey man, it's been tough out there. Yeah, man, it has, right? Keep going. Keep the faith. Keep after it, right? You belong here. You belong here. We got you. But when it comes to out there, this is not our home. And Jesus came so that we could have access to home. And let me tell you something. That right there, seen from the right eyes, from the right point of view, through God's eyes, from, a, from an eternal perspective, that church is freeing. That's freeing. Some of you might say, well, gee, pastor, Man, that's not comforting this morning. That's frustrating because I want to experience peace this side of heaven. Let me ask you, where's your faith? Because Scripture literally says that we won't fit in to this world. We're not going to fit in to the patterns. In fact, he even encourages, um, don't conform to the patterns of this world any longer, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. For then you will know what the will of God is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And here's where I think we struggle with peace, is that we're trying so hard to fit in. We're trying so hard to just be included this side of heaven, and we're not meant to. And what's happening with that, what's happening with that, and here's the scariest part, here's the most dangerous part, not to mention your peace, but we're compromising the truth of the gospel in order to fit in with the world that we're not meant to fit in with. Come on, 830. Anybody on Facebook getting excited? Anybody on the YouTubes getting excited? Because I'm getting excited this morning because we need to hear this truth that 2020 is messed up. Sure, but you know what? 2021 ought to be this side of heaven because we're not called to fit in here. I mean, Jesus set the bar for this. He set the bar for this, girls. 
Jesus goes to people and says, hey, you want to be in my kingdom? Eat my flesh. Drink my blood. Follow me. Sign me up. That's weird. Right? Can you imagine somebody coming up to you and saying, hey, I'm Jesus. I'm the chosen one. I'm the one that they talked about. I'm the one that Isaiah prophesied about. Eat my flesh, drink my blood, and experience the kingdom forever, for eternity. We're not meant to fit in here. And I I believe, I don't feel like, I believe with everything in me that there's an unrest, that there is an unrest that there's a lack of peace because we're trying to fit in with a group of people that we're not called to fit in with. And we're compromising truth as a result. Now, let me back up because I know the argument. I know the argument because I've used it before too. Well, I think Jesus would try to fit in here, don't you? Because he went to bars and he went to here, he went to there. He went to Zacchaeus' house. He pressed in, he went there. Yeah, he did. He sat with those people. He sat with those people. He told them about himself. He told them about the kingdom. I mean, Peter, Paul, James, John, all those guys in the book of Acts, they went to tough places. They went to tough places. We looked at it Wednesday night from Colossians chapter 4 where Paul writes to the church at Colossae from prison. And his prayer from the, for the church of Colossae for himself was that God would open doors for him to share the gospel in his prison cell, not that God would set him free from his prison cell. Right? And so, and so we see all throughout Scripture that, 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 that these men and women that we, that we read about in the text, right, they went to places. They went to places. Let me tell you, God calls us to those places. God calls us to go sit. God calls us to be messengers. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. God calls us to do these things, but He doesn't call us to change the way we act, to fit in, like the reason I believe Jesus had so much impact in those places is because he walked in and he was who he was. Because if you just try to fit in, guess what? You don't stand out. And your message doesn't stand out. So, we're not called to fit in here. Two things about peace. Two things about peace. If we're not called to fit in here, if we're not called to belong here, and there's peace and belonging, then where do we fit in? Where do we belong Where do I find peace? I'm glad you asked, Dylan. Let me fill you in, bud. Two things about peace. Number one, peace is in the way. Peace is in the way. Peace is in the way. Look at verse 3 of Mark chapter 1. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. See, I love this. You know John the Baptist's job? John was never meant, John was never born to be number one. He was never born to be number one. And what I love about John here in Mark chapter one, and go back and read it over and over and over again as I have this week, because it is, it is amazing how John's life was dedicated 
to preparing the way, blazing the trail, pathfinding for Jesus. And all John did was made much of Jesus. All John did was make much of Jesus. I mean, so much so where it's almost like, okay, man, like we would say, we would say if we read this about anybody else, if we read this about anybody else, right? Like, let me, let me, let me, let me pretend to be John here, right? Let me tell you about Dale. Man, Dale's coming and he offers you so much more than I offer you. Man, somebody's boots who I'm unworthy to bend down and untie. I, I'm not even, I shouldn't even be in the same room as Dale. He's awesome. He's going to offer so many more things than I can offer. What would you say about me? Man, Travis has a real man crush on Dale. Right? Like, man, you need to, whew, Right? Like, you need to calm down there, Trav, because you're starting to worry me, right? But that's exactly what John did for Jesus. He set the table. Man, he set the table. He said, let me tell you about this one that's coming. He's going to offer so many things. I baptize you with water. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And guess what? There is peace there. He, he, he offers a belonging. He offers a kingdom that I can't offer. And there's peace. And the reason I say there's peace in the way, that peace is in the way, because that's one of the names for Jesus. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth. We talked about that two weeks ago. And the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Peace is in the way. John prepared the way. In fact, later on, I think it's just the next chapter in Mark, Jesus goes up to these fishermen and says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. There was peace. He was offering peace to those fishermen because there was peace in the way of following him. And let me just say this. He's the way and there's peace in that he has the way. We don't. There's peace in the fact that He has the way and we can just show up the next day and turn wrenches. We can just show up the next day and love our wives and love our husbands and shepherd our children and be faithful to the tasks in front of us because He has the way. We don't. That's freeing, church. That's freeing, planners. That's freeing, go with the flowers. It's freeing. To realize you'll never be fully in charge if you follow Jesus. Because God can come in an instant and change the plan. And our response to that, I believe, is a, has a direct correlation to our faith. It was March. I had other plans. I was supposed to go meet a guy when Carolina was going to play Duke in the ACC tournament at Buffalo Wild Wings. I think it was the next night, right before everything got shut down. And I'm watching an NBA basketball game. 
I'm watching an NBA basketball game and I listen to the announcers during the game say that the rest of the season, I mean, not the rest of the season, but the basketball has been canceled, right? Postponed until further notice. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That was the first moment that I thought, wow, something is really happening. Something's really happening. And I had other plans. I had other plans. You had other plans for the last few months. Ashley talked about it last week. She had a Disney trip planned. She had this plan. She had that plan, right? We all had, we all had other plans. We, our peace, our peace has been tested and or non-existent these last months. But can I tell you something? Can I encourage you with something? Hopefully it's encouraging. It should be encouraging. I believe this is the way that God wants us to live our lives. Because we see it in Scripture. Here I am. Have your way. Here I am. Send me. And maybe we've missed out on some opportunities from God, some opportunities by God, for God. Because we've tried to hold too tight-fisted to what we think peace is. And we say, well, I want, I want to know peace. You can. It's in Jesus, the way. Second thing about peace comes in the last verse of our passage this morning, Mark chapter 1, verse, verse 8. I've baptized you with water, but He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Peace is in the Helper. That's what He calls the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14, the Helper. And He tells the disciples, I'm going to prepare a place for you, but behold, when I leave, I'm going to send a Helper, the Holy Spirit. I love to explain it this way. The, the Greek word for, for Holy Spirit, the Greek word for Helper is paraclete. Paraclete. And maybe this will help you remember it. Because paraclete sounds a lot like a pair of cleats pair of cleats I was going to bring my pair of cleats and wear them while I preached this morning so that you could see the 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 cleats on the bottom but I left the house too early and I forgot them and uh and so um but 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 when you think about a pair of cleats what does a pair of cleats help athletes do get traction right get traction plant so that they can change directions or hold their ground so that people can't push them over, right? Because if you don't wear a pair of cleats and you're out there and on the grass or the turf, you just slide all over the place. You slide all over the place. They even have turf shoes now. They're kind of like a hybrid between cleats and, and tennis shoes so that you can get traction. A pair of cleats helps you get traction, helps you stand your ground. What does the Holy Spirit do? Helps you get traction, helps you stand your ground to the confusion of this world because you don't fit in here. Peace is in the Helper, the Holy Spirit. And John is setting the stage so much here as the messenger coming before Jesus. He's setting the stage and he's saying, listen, listen, listen. I baptize you with water. And it's awesome because he went on to baptize Jesus. Can you imagine being John? Right? You've set the stage for this guy. You've, you've, you've prepared the way for this guy. And then Jesus walks up to you and says, hey, before I can begin my ministry, you've got to baptize me. Like how overwhelming, how humbling, how awesome. Right? In that moment to be John and baptized, not even worthy to
to untie his sandals, not even worthy to be in the same room, but yet he's now baptizing Jesus. And he's like, I baptize you with water, but he's going to come and he's got something better. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, the helper that's going to bring peace, that's going to help you through your life. Peace is in the helper. Peace is in the helper. The Holy Spirit. So how can we walk in peace? How can we walk in peace? Number one, follow the way. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow Jesus. Sit in his presence. Be still and know that he is God. Follow the way. Wake up every morning and say, God, here's my plan for the day. Here's, here's, here's what I'm expecting. God, have your way. Have your way. And if there's a conversation you need me to have in Target that makes me 20 minutes late for the next thing and my daughter freak out because she thinks that she lost me, but I can encourage a couple who thought they were, then, then, then have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way. Follow the way. Number two, lean on the helper. Lean on the Holy Spirit. Lean on the Holy Spirit. Jesus, I don't know what to do right now. I'm, I'm struggling with this. God, I could use the helper to come and give me peace. Lean on the helper. Number three, I think this is important. Trust the process. Trust the process. I think so many times we, we get into things and we feel like, man, this just isn't working for me. This, is, this church thing isn't working for me. And, and um, you know what? I'm just going to, well, how long has it been? How long have you given it? Uh, two weeks. Really? Really? Trust the process. Trust that it's not going to feel good right away. It's not going to feel good right away. Let me tell you, no, I'm not going to go there. Trust the process. And number four, just like last week when we talked about choosing hope, choose to belong. Choose to belong in the kingdom of God. Choose to belong. So you know what? I'm, I don't necessarily feel all that comfortable but this is where I belong. Things don't make all that sense to me. But this is where I find hope. I find peace. I find belonging. Can I tell you something? That's the beauty of the church of Jesus Christ. That's the gift of the church. That in the midst of this world, we will have trouble. We will face trouble. Jesus promises suffering. But the beauty of the church, the gift of the church by God from Jesus himself is that we could have a place to belong this side of heaven so that we could be reminded of hope so that we could see that there's other crazy people just like us that are following the way, that are leaning on the Holy Spirit, that are trusting the process and having a hard time doing it, that I belong with. That I belong with. Last question I want to answer, because I've been thinking about it a lot. 
when it comes to peace. And I think we see Jesus imitate it. Can I know peace in the chaos around me? Is peace even possible right now? As I talked to so many people that, you know, even before pandemic, even BC, before COVID, <laughs> I wish you could see my face right now because I'm smiling. Um, no, I won't do it. Uh, just making it. How you doing? I'm putting one foot in front of the other. How you doing? Still above ground. Right? All these sayings that, that we say that we've heard. Right? Can I know peace in the chaos around me? A little bit later in Mark chapter 1, we see that Jesus had just healed many. In verse 35, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him, and they said to him, everyone's looking for you. And he said to them, let us go to the next towns, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. In the midst of other people's expectations for him, in the midst of healing and doing the work of ministry, in the midst of people trying to get his attention, people wanting his attention, people craving him, right? People craving more of Jesus, more of his words, more of his preaching, right? What a scene. Jesus gets up early in the morning. He's intentional. Goes out to a desolate place to spend time with his father. Peace is possible. We have to choose it. We have to choose it. So, my prayer for us today is that you would know peace. And not the peace that this world offers, because I don't believe it's possible. But the peace of not belonging in culture, probably not making sense of a pandemic, racial injustices, all of the things that plague us this side of heaven. But peace in the Savior. who if we're reminded from Scripture and from songs that we used to sing in Sunday school, He's got the whole world in His hands. We don't. That's peaceful. So as the worship team comes and prepares to close us, they're going to close us with a song this morning. This Lord, I need you. And that's peace. It's coming to the place of submissiveness and saying, look, Lord, I need you. I need you. If I have a shot at peace, this side of heaven, I need you. Because these things don't make sense and I don't, I don't fit in. But I belong with you.
And so my prayer for you is the way we started. Not less trouble. Not less confusion. Not less suffering. And part of me wants to be apologetic for that, but my prayer for you is the presence of Jesus. Because with His perspective, with His leading, and the Spirit's guidance and help, maybe the suffering you're feeling, the confusion you're experiencing, is actually right where God wants you. Because He has a plan for that experience. A crown of glory. Can I pray for you? God, in saying some of these things, it doesn't feel very peaceful. But it is. Because it's the reminders of how You've created us and You've designed us to be this side of heaven. And so God, I pray for each person that's hearing my voice. that they would press into Your presence. That in the midst of the chaos, they would find a desolate place to be alone with You. To be reminded of who they are and whose they are. To be reminded that there's belonging in You. And to experience Your peace. Lord, we need You. Today more than yesterday. Tomorrow more than today. We need you. In Jesus' name.